Hello and welcome, it's that time again, the monthly and finally podcast review of September. A light-hearted review of the month in football. This was a month that flew by, so much so that it was a few days before I realised that August was over and began work on this pod. September was the month where Manchester City manager Pep Guardiola discovered the folly of not buying a centre-back in a fit of peak over not being allowed to spend more than a pitifully small sum of 60 million quid on one. So when their only defender who could defend, Laporte, picked up an ACL injury, they looked to be comp- completely foobard. Especially when England's unable to defend defender John Stones was ruled out for the month. Though it seems odd that a billion pound squad is short on anything. Especially when they have run their youth set up the same way and bought up any half decent player they can find. I'm sure they will make up for it in the January window though. While Man City may have missed their chance to bring in players, PSG were working on their team in what can only be seen as an attempt to turn it into the most hated team in history. They kept older Neymar, who even their own fans are booing, and added Mauro Icardi, who was hated so much in Milan the Inter fans put up a banner outside his home telling him to go, with targets replacing all the O's in, in the wording. Just to ensure the Inter fans do not get over their hatred of him any time soon, his wife, who is also his agent, the incredibly annoying Wanda Nara, has made sure to repeat a number of times that Icardi wants to return to Inter after his loan spell ends, which is sure to please the fans. Speaking of Inter fans, and they managed to go above and beyond the pale in a month of full of racist abuse, with Peter Beersley suspended for racist comments to youth team players at Newcastle United, and Italian TV pundit Luciano Passerani sacked for making racist comments on air. Atalanta fans even racially abused Fiorentina fullback Dalbert Henrik and then drowned out a request over the tannoy for them to stop by whistling and jeering over the top of it. All the while, the managers of Fiorentina and Atalanta must have been stood around with their fingers in their ears saying la 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 at the top of their voices as both claimed to have heard nothing. But Inter Milan fans managed to take it that one step further backward as they defended Cagliari fans who racially abused their own new forward Lukaku. I mean Inter's new forward, not Cagliari's. The Inter fans actually called it a sign of respect. Sadly, the Italian FA agreed with them and cleared Cagliari of any wrongdoing, but they did fine them €5,000 for throwing plastic bottles onto the pitch. The French Football Federation were obviously watching all that unfold of interest and decided to show the Italian FA how bigotry is done. So after handing his beer to the Italians to hold, the French Football Federation president, Noel Legray, told referees in France to ignore the FIFA directive to stop games due to homophobic chants. He genuinely said it was OK to stop games for racist abuse or fights, but not for homophobic abuse. Another win for tolerance there then. Poor Burry fans were hit with even more bad news. Not only had they been kicked out of the Football League, but they were then denied re-entry to League 2 for next season. On top of that, the police confirmed that they were investigating the club for fraud. Though I suppose that last bit is hardly a surprise. Everyone knew something dodgy was going on there when Steve Dale took charge for just £1 and then refused big offers to sell up, even though he admitted he didn't have the money to keep it going. It didn't really take Sherlock Holmes to deduce that there might be reasons he didn't want to walk away with a huge profit. Emre Chan made a few headlines after being upset about being left out of Juve's Champions League squad, along with Mandzukic for this season. It does seem particularly ironic in Chan's case, though, as one of the things he mentioned on joining Juventus on a free as a reason for leaving Liverpool was a desire to win the Champions League. Not only did his former club go on and reach the final two years in a row without him and win it once, but now he can't even get into the competition at all. Don't worry, Emre, you still have that 18 m modelling contract to fall back on, mate. 
there was massive news in Qatar as they rolled out all their big gun presenters and pundits to discuss the big unveiling of their new 2022 World Cup logo. The only problem was no one gave a flying fudge about it other than them. Though it was quite funny seeing the hairy gorilla and his mate Andy Gray trying to get the likes of Desai excited by a chat about World Cup logos of the past and where the new one ranked amongst them. Personally, I'd be hard-pressed to even recognise a World Cup logo, but there you go. I suppose that Qatari oil money can quickly refresh your memory on any subject. At long last, after a number of complaints from other clubs and proposed court action from Middlesbrough owner Steve Gibson, the Premier League and EFL have begun investigating to see if the sales of Villa, Derby, Wednesday and Reading stadiums have breached FFP regs. Hard to believe there could be anything shady about Derby's owner buying the stadium off the club for more than twice its value according to the accounts, specifically to ensure they don't fail the FFP test. Seems perfectly reasonable to me, and not at all against the spirit of the regulations. And we know what a fine upstanding pillar of the community Derby is. It's hard to believe they would ever condone anything which could be even slightly on the edge of proprietary. Sporting CP's president revealed why Spurs failed in their pursuit of Bruno Fernandes in the summer. Spurs offered to reach the asking price of £80 million by paying £40 million plus another £20 million if they won the Premier League and another £20 million if they won the Champions League. In other words, they offered £40 million. Swansea City Supporters Trust have declared war on the club's owners by voting in favour of legal action against the sale of the club back in 2016. They are unhappy about being shut, of the, shut out of the club when they were being promised to get some of the shares. No wonder Graham Potter jumped ship so quickly. And then there was Watford who decided to sack Javi Gracia and replace him with the man they sacked in order to replace him with Gracia. Kike Sanchez Flores is still a popular man amongst the support but they need a miracle, not a manager. Another manager to lose his job was Marcellino, who Valencia sacked despite him leading them to fourth place, Champions League qualification and winning the Copa del Rey. Marcellino then told a press conference that he'd been sacked because he won the cup. It brought to mind Gary Neville's comments after his short and slightly less successful spell in charge of Valencia as he revealed that he was ordered to get out of the cup as quickly as possible. The only problem was Neville's Spanish was obviously not good enough to understand they just meant the cup and not La Liga. The French showed that their talent for diplomacy is as good as their well, tolerance. Ahead of their international of Albania, the Stade de France played the entirety of the Andorran national anthem. Then when it was pointed out that they played the wrong anthem, the stadium announcer apologised to Armenia for the mistake. Vincent Company's career followed its usual path as he missed his own testimonial due to injury. He's a real-life Mr Bump and could put his back out sneezing or pull a hammy bending over to tie his shoelaces. Company even tried wearing boots from other manufacturers than his kit supplier with the logo blacked out in an attempt to cure his injury problems. That never worked either. I would suggest he tried bubble wrap, but that can't even protect a parcel from injury at the hands of Royal Mail, so I'd forget that and all. The PGMOL has claimed that VAR got just four decisions wrong in the first set of Premier League matches. The only problem was is that the count was done by Graham Pohl. Craig Levine's reign as both director of football and manager of Hearts hit troubled waters with the fans protesting against him. As director of football, he's had to field a number of calls from agents offering their clients services as managers to replace him. I could describe those calls in one word. Awkward. It seems the football community believes Ajax's youth system is back on track as 80 scouts attended a UEFA Youth League game between Ajax under-19s and Lille's under-19s. Yes, I did say AT. 
8-0. The English Football League have finished scraping the barrel for candidates and finally ended up throwing it aside and looking underneath it to find a new chairman. I can only think that the choice was between Peter Ridsdale and Prick Parry as they chose Parry in the end. He will have his work cut out to run the EFL any worse than previous chairs did, but I have full faith in his ability to make a complete mess of it. And he will no doubt be looking to France for ideas after they cancelled their League Cup because they failed to get a TV deal for it. Not the football is just about money or anything. Celtic faced AIK in Stockholm and trouble broke out between supporters in the away end and Swedish police. Celtic claimed that fans from local rivals Hammerby had infiltrated their supporters and caused the trouble. Unfortunately, neither UEFA nor the police could find any evidence to back up their claims and Celtic were fined £11,000 over the troubles. More fan problems reared their head in Italy, but this time it was Juventus who had a problem with ultras. Police arrested a number of the leaders of the main ultras groups for offences including extortion, violence and money laundering. The ultras decided the best way to react to being accused of extortion was to attempt to extort Juve for free tickets by threatening to do things such as chant racist abuse outside the stadium if they were not provided with free entry. Speaking of extortion, could that explain how Granit Xhaka managed to get himself named as Arsenal captain during September? How many compromising photos must this man have just to get into the team, but to become captain? I just don't even want to think about what kind of dirt he must have over his teammates to get them to vote for him. Barcelona were hit hard for their illegal approach to Antoine Griezmann, which saw them pick him up for much less than his original buyout clause. Barcelona saved themselves £80 million by tapping him up and then waiting for the clause to drop to £120 million. So the RFEF, Spanish Football Federation, would be sure to come down like a ton of bricks on them. At least that is what I thought before they announced that they would fine them just €300. Euros. Not even 300000 just 300 Makes you wonder exactly how many compromising photos there are, there are in the world of football. That is not even a slap on the wrist, it is more of a tickle to the ribs to send Barcelona off laughing. Though I'm quite sure no one connected with Atletico was laughing. It must be said that the Spanish FA have done themselves no favours at all in September, after live TV pictures and replays clearly showed a player offside by a considerable margin, their VAR system decided he was onside and produced pictures from different angles with lines drawn at other angles which they say proved they were right. That led to a row between the RFEF and Media Pro, with the TV company accused of doctoring the pictures. It does make you think back to those original pictures produced in England with the squiggly line that they said was not the proper pic used and was accidentally released to TV. Why was it even made in the first place? And finally, there was a match in the National League in England, the fifth tier, between Yeovil Town and Bromley, where there was a total of eight red cards shown, yet not one player received his marching orders. Instead, it was the ball boys who were sent off for slowing down play after Yeovil took the lead late in the game, and the referee sent all eight off. The next step would have been to send Eden Hazard to deal with them.